Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the YouTube home for BamaOnline.com. Travis Schreier, senior analyst for BOL alongside site publisher Tim Watts. And Tim, we've had some breaking news on these shows and on our podcast in the past. Uh, this one, along with what we heard just a couple of days ago from Nick Saban, is going to rank right atop the list there. As Kalen DeBoer has agreed to become Alabama's next head football coach, replacing legendary, filling in, succeeding, I guess, maybe a better word. Nick Saban at the University of Alabama, the pride of Millbank, South Dakota, Kalen DeBoer. Population 3544, but hey. These guys got to come from somewhere. Nick Saban, Fairmont, West Virginia. Um, your thoughts, your initial reaction to the the hiring of Kay Linda Boer. I mean, how long has it felt like since Saban retired to you? Like, I'm talking to people like all day August. like a counselor. They're like, what What the hell is taking so long? And even me, I'd go, man, what? Hold up. It's been, you know, it's been 41 hours. Yeah, It just seems like this ever. I still think it goes back to the Dan Lanning, right? Nick Saban retires at 4. Dan Lanning's on campus at 6 p.m., right? There's multiple reports yeah. by 9. He's on campus. By 10, we put it out. But the fact that clock got going so quick, yeah, I think that's what makes this feel so long. I mean, because we're just now coming up on 46 hours. So, well, Greg Byrne, the, you know, he beat 72, 72 hours, hours, right? Yeah. 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 That's he what it was. 72 hour window. He kicked. He kicked his he sit, kicked the seventy two hour windows, but and yet it just feels like there has been a panic. I think part of that is you know Mike Norvell announcing he's staying and uh, Steve Sarge. I mean that's part of the gig. I know people get mad and angry. I don't believe Mike Norvell had an offer. I think he knew Alabama was going in a different direction. Worked out a deal uh, again. Jimmy Sexton, Kaiser Soze's working these deals. Nobody's better than Jimmy Sexton at working and getting the most out of this, but. To me, it goes down to how confident Greg Byrne was that this was going to happen. Again, we discussed it. You put yourself on a clock. The fans were already going to put you on a fast timeline, right? Right. Portal and everything happening. But you put yourself on a – if you just said a week, we'd have been okay. He came with give me three days. Yeah. and Instead um, of give me three steps. It was just give me three absolutely. days, Greg Byrne. And he delivered. Yeah. He delivered, you know. Absolutely. And, you know, there was talk throughout the day, it seemed like, because deals and extensions were getting done elsewhere, right? There was that narrative, oh, Alabama getting turned down, Alabama getting turned down. But then when you stack up the numbers of Kalen DeBoer with the likes of Steve Sarkeesian, with the likes of Dan Lanning, Mike Norvell, um, this guy stands out among that group of coaches. Yeah, and I get why some of the fans, he's from basically Mars. If you're a Southern guy, you've grown up in the South, most of us vacation in Panama City Beach and Pigeon Forge growing up. We call it Gatlinburg and Destin, but I know I know where I was. So you think of that West Coast, you think, I had to Google where, where South Dakota was. 
Like I had to like say, well, I got to make sure I've, I know driven, that's I've driven across it and I still don't know where it is. I so. had to Google, like, I'm pretty sure that's in the Midwest. Am I sure this is not out there next to Oregon or something? So North of Iowa. Um, it was, yeah. So I see the whole Kenny, Kenny recruit angle, all that, all that. I get the discussion. What I will not get is anybody question this guy as a coach. And I don't care. You went at the level you, he has, it doesn't matter. Middle school, high school, junior college, NAIA, Division Two, II, Division Three. This guy's won everywhere he's went. That's not a coincidence. People that win everywhere they go. Nick Saban's a classic example. You know, people that win everywhere they go. That tends to be no matter where they're at, they're going to win. It doesn't matter if he's at Alabama, Washington. And me and you talked about it several times this year. I love this Washington team. I thought they. I know they lost to Michigan, laid an egg. Phoenix wasn't the same, and and of course Michigan's not getting enough credit for being the good team they are, but. I thought this team was exciting. It had playmakers. They threw the ball. They played good defense. They had cover corners, boundary guys that did a good job. So as a coach, and I mean, this is an A-plus hire as a coach, and every college coach that's discussing coaching is saying this guy's a good hire. Yeah, and it's an offensive guy, and we talked about that last night here on the show. A little bit of a different direction that way, although you get the sense DeBoer has his hands on everything with that football team. I don't think you produce at the the rate he has everywhere he's been uh, if you're just a play caller. And he obviously has a very good offensive coordinator who's going to become more of the part of the storyline as we get further and further into this. And Ryan Grubb, how does that work out? You know, there are so many moving pieces once you get beyond uh, the head coach hire. Even from a support staff perspective, you've got some guys, you got some folks on that Washington staff that I think could be very important moving forward perhaps at the University of Alabama, but it all goes back, and you've already said some of this, recruiting. And we talked about that again last night. How's that going to work? In your mind, how does it work? How does it succeed in the most vital aspect of talent acquisition, even with NIL, even with the transfer portal? At the foundational level, you know better than anyone I've ever come across. You have to be very good in that area. Yeah, and I think, you know, for me, I go straight to an A-plus hires coaching, and then I want to see, like you said, the staff. This could very well end up an A-plus staff, depending on who you get to recruit, who comes with them, all those little ties. I think I think for me, I think the, I think when people research him a little bit more, I think they're going to like him more. I'm kind of a weird guy with those late-night hours. I watch all kind of West Coast sports that makes me completely abnormal. But watching Washington, I mean, this is a good football team, and the stuff they've done and – you know, hitting the portal and filling the voids and being competitive. Guys are going to be end up going to the NFL. And if you look, you go back to you like everybody's going to question at the NAI level and all the places he coached. Let me give you another resume. Maranatha Baptist, he was an assistant. Wisconsin Whitewater, he was an assistant. Romulus High School, he was the head coach. Buffalo, University of Buffalo, he was assistant. Head coach, University of Buffalo. And now Nate Oates is your coach at University of Alabama. And I think most of us would say that's probably not a resume you love, right? That's not when you look at the resume, the pipeline. But when you look at what Nate Oates has done, coaching translates, right? Coaching translates and recruiting. Alabama also, I think you you have to accept the brand, the University of Alabama brand that goes with recruiting and the top job, top pay that you can get for assistance. But I get there's a to-be-determined factor when it comes to um, – to the to the the coaching staff. Yeah, and and we understand all sports aren't created equal from a recruiting perspective. There's obviously differences, 
But here's a big difference, too, if you want to make that analogy of Nate Oates on the basketball side. That was an Alabama program, too, that he took over that really had zero juice at that time, Tim. That is not the case with Kalen DeBoer. I mean, he is stepping in to an Indy race car uh, that's ready to go and not just run laps at the Indianapolis 500, but win the whole thing. Absolutely. And another point is, well, this is a highly visible guy. They were in the college football playoffs. You saw him beat Oregon twice. So you're already getting looks at this guy. Nobody saw Nate Oates coaching basketball at Buffalo. Nobody saw – we've seen this guy. He's visible. These recruits, the guys on campus, they saw the Texas – They well, I don't know if they saw the Texas game. That was right after Alabama. But they're aware exactly of what this coach has done. They follow sports. They watch sports. This guy's not going to be as alien to them. Um, I think is some of the fans, but I will say him being in that Pac-12 championship, him being in the playoffs, he's been more exposed to us. Otherwise, we wouldn't be nearly as familiar, in my opinion. Yeah, expediting this process, we've talked about it since the, a few days ago when we got on after the the word of Nick Saban's retirement, roster retention too, man. And we've already seen it today. Isaiah Bond, the outstanding wide receiver, uh, has apparently entered the transfer portal, which to me makes a lot of sense if I'm one of these guys because it's not like if you go in, you can't come back out. So why wouldn't you, in a lot of cases, explore your options, see what you've got at Alabama in terms of this hire, and probably more important to these guys from a positional standpoint, who's going to coach me day in and day out? Who's going to be my position coach? These are things that are still up in the air, but uh, this is an opportunity now for Kalen DeBoer to get on the ground in Tuscaloosa to go ahead and give that initial impression into not only who he is as a coach, because I agree with you. I think most of these guys, if not all these guys, know, hey, this guy just played for a national championship. He is a two-time Pac-12 coach of the year. Not Lincoln Riley the last two years, not Dan Lanning the last two years, not Chip Kelly. I sound like LeBron at this point. Not three, not four. <laughs> it's been Caleb DeBoer, the yeah. two-time defending Pac-12 Coach of the Year. He's been a national coach of the year at the NIA level all the way up to the Power Five level, Tim. So the timing of this and being able to get in uh, and, and get to work on that roster. And I said it earlier, I think even I'm going to be interested from a support staff standpoint because he has a guy on his staff at Washington, Courtney Morgan, his general manager. If you read up on Courtney Morgan, the LA Times did a big, oh, big yeah. story on him. Uh, Great reputation. It, and this is where this resonates too, in terms of what you're about to have to do with NIL and the portal. Um, Washington was already doing a lot of that with DeBoer and, and the staff he had out there. Yeah, and, you know, you're looking. I'm getting some players' reaction. You know, I got Caleb Downs uh, putting out an Instagram story saying, F.W. it. I think he means he will mess with you. I think he likes it. He likes it, uh, yeah. Caleb, oh, yeah, I'm not going to go deep, and I'm, I'm not big, as I've told all you subscribers who can get mad at me. By the way, y'all do us a favor. Hit that subscribe and like button. Let me brag on Travis a little bit. My dude, he doesn't just design hats for the next level. We're, <laughs> I'm trying to keep new era from hiring my, my, my brother here. And he's only staying because of like 25 years. We got old together, but do us a favor, hit that like button, subscribe. We're going to have a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline. 
new coaches, new assistants, all that stuff. We really appreciate it. Want you guys around for it. But Caleb also uh, Caleb Caleb Odom, and there'll be more. He's saying, "Let's go, let's get to work." You're going to lose guys. And let me be honest. Isaiah Bond was close to hitting the portal the first time around. It was NIL related. Alabama worked hard to keep uh, Isaiah in in the class. It's not a surprise that when you don't know the coach, you want to take visits, all that kind of stuff. But the ones that want to be here is the, are the ones you want to keep. And I think if you don't at least give your chance a chance to meet your new coach, hear his new plan, I think you shorted yourself. And that goes for any player. And then if you don't like it, you hit the portal, you want to play somewhere else, hey, I got you. I understand. I could see it myself. But I do think if you don't at least sit down, and again, I think it's huge to be able to – Walk around the corner, Nick Saban be in an office at some time and just tap on the door and say, Coach, how are you doing? I think there's a benefit because they did have some kind of relationship there. Um, obviously, Nick Saban's going to support what's going on, which is a huge thing. It's not like leaving, you know, he wasn't ran out, jumped in a Corvette, drove, you know, drove through the yard, trenched the yard, and got the heck out of there. So I think all that works in Alabama's favor. Yeah, I think there's uh, a lot of optimism right now uh, involving this hire. Uh, and it, again, it feels like from Greg Burns perspective, he probably got the guy or one of the very top guys at his list. Now, there may have been some calls to some folks that even before the calls were made or just the check ins with representation, which Jimmy Sexton re represents so many of these guys that it's probably he not all represent that. you in these hats. That's yeah, I, I got you know what? That's a good idea. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm letting you go. If you say Jimmy's repping me. I'm like, bye, yeah. Travis. Yeah, with the hats. I, I need to do that with leave Jimbo. Me, leave me one but, hat. You know, there there's some maybe pie in the sky or some nose or some checks that you make where you go into it thinking, I got to make the call. I got to check in just to see. But the reality list is different than the big, big, big list. And so, oh, this looks like that kind of hire. I think. Uh, for Greg Byrne. Tim, you got to get out of here, I understand. Yeah, I'm going to come right back. Jimmy's going to jump in here. I'm going to give me about 15 Jimmy's minutes. I'm going to come back, do some other stuff, but I'm, I want to continue this thought. Um, Jimmy's worldwide lots. Jimmy's, Jimmy's always more dressed up with us. I feel like that's like <laughs> breaking the bro code, you know? Travis's well, hat, Jimmy's dress for, you know, ninth grade Catholic school. Just uh, <laughs> yeah. got on a hoodie eating chili. I am. Dressed for Alabama gymnastics in three hours and nine nice. minutes. Missouri, right? Missouri. That's right. The Missouri Tigers. Uh, wife and I, we're going to go watch Good. Alabama's gymnastics and uh, see what we see around the football building while we're there. Well, the last few days, Jimmy, it feels like we've been on the bars, the uneven bars, maybe, uh, <laughs> with this coaching situation. Nick Saban obviously stepping aside, and now we're getting word – uh, I believe first from ESPN, uh, Pete Thamel. It was kind of a mix of yeah. uh, reporters in there that were getting us to the negotiations are ongoing. Then it felt like agreed in principle. You're an attorney. You're a, yeah, maybe not in business, <laughs> but you kind of get all this jargon. Um, yeah. We talked about this possibility last night on the show. So go ahead now, as it is right there in front of us with Kalen DeBoer, uh, your initial reaction to the hire. Uh, I'm excited uh, for Alabama and Alabama fans. He's a winner. I mean, the first thing – I didn't know a lot about Kalen DeBoer until this week, to be honest. I knew of him because he's a Washington head coach and had success a year ago. Uh, so I knew of him very generally. 
uh, but really started studying his career, you know, recently. And uh, the first thing that jumps out to me, Travis, is he is a winner, uh, 104 wins and 12 losses. I, I, I know the, the critics will immediately say, yeah, but look where. I, I, don't, I don't care where. I, I don't care if it was Hoover High School, uh, you know, 15 years ago, playing against 1A Alabama schools every week. Uh, 104 and 12 is just outstanding coaching. Uh, he did a fantastic job at the highest level. Uh, what three and overs Lanning, two and overs Sark, uh, Washington won right away under him. Uh, in terms of style of play, it's interesting. Obviously, an offensive guy's got a background as an OC quarterback coach himself, so an offensive-minded guy. Uh, but at the same time, uh, a friend of mine said. Well, I'm going to be worried about his defense. And I get that because it wasn't ranked very high. But you know what I said? I said, well, you know, his defense beat Texas. You know, <laughs> you know, his defense beat Texas. Alabama's didn't. Twice. Uh, beat Texas so, twice in the, in the last twice. 15 games. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Sarks lost so, three games uh, in the last 15. Two of those were to Kalen DeBoer. Exactly. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I, I have the same question that everyone else has. Uh, it's just the he's not from here thing. Uh, he's not from the South. He doesn't have a staff that's from the South. He is not recruited uh, at the level that he will be expected to recruit at Alabama. That's going to be a new thing. We have to see how he handles that, how he does that. Those are fair questions. But what I don't think is fair is when people just assume he won't do it well, because that's not fair. It's not based on any sort of logic, frankly. Uh, you know, Nick Saban was from somewhere else before he went to LSU. He had not signed top five classes at Michigan State. He was from another part of the country. He did pretty well at LSU, adjusting to it. Nate Oates has done pretty well in basketball. He ain't from here either. So I, I, I get the question because the question is fair. What I don't get is this automatic assumption that he won't be any good uh, uh, you know, won't be any good with it. Uh, that's, that's, that's assuming. Yeah. I, uh, I did a little research on Nick before the show just to be sure. And, and he wasn't Nick Saban did not hail from, uh, from Lake Charles, right. I mean, <laughs> different, right. different place, kind of different yeah. dude, no doubt about it. And, you know, we talked about it too, the wiring, the intangibles that it takes. I already like Kalen DeBoer because he's not afraid to, what a bad pun this is. Tackle the bear in some ways, right? I mean, that's what we're seeing here. That tells me something about this guy because I think there were probably a couple of guys that were in the mix that may have been to, at Alabama before. And in, I think in some instances, that can discourage people from wanting a job like this because they did experience, they did encounter everything it took of Nick Saban to do what the job required. That's such a great point. I mean, if you're Kalen DeBoer, you could have sat right where you are. They're moving to the Big Ten, all that Big Ten TV money. The University of Washington Athletic Department is about to become a lot more fiscally sound in the next 12 months uh, than they have been recently. I think he was making something like four to five million at Washington. He probably would have doubled that easily with it with an with an extension he could have sat right where he was a great job in the big 10 conference and 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 things would have been great 
But no, he's like, you know what? I want to be the head football coach at Alabama. I want to follow Nick Saban. You have to like the guy's attitude just based on the fact he said, yes, this job is not for the faint of heart. You're following the best that's ever done it. He knows what the expectation is. He's going to be asked all the time, Travis, do you realize what the expectations are? He's no dummy. He knows exactly what the expectations are, but he embraces it. He embraces it. That's all the more reason to like him and have confidence in the guy. He wants the job. Uh, He could have sat right where he was, and and things would have been going pretty well for the DeBoer family. Well, and that's part of it, too, is that this isn't 15, 20 years ago when if you were in a job like the one that Kalen DeBoer is in right now, you almost had to take that job at a place like Alabama. Now, before Saban, Alabama wasn't as open to just blank checking it, right? We recall that with coaches. It wasn't that type of um, it wasn't that type of era in, in yeah. Alabama athletics, really in college athletics in general. Uh, but you almost had to take that job because the financial mm-hmm. gain was such. You don't have to do that anymore because the accounts that you're hearing right now is that Washington was ready to take him to eight, nine, make him a top mm-hmm. 10 guy in terms of salary. That's right. That's right. He, he had a good job where he was. He, the fact he wants to be here to me does speak volumes. I'm so interested, Travis, uh, you know, one, one angle here that I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing from him. I don't think he's going to be this specific in an opening press conference, but this is what intrigued me about Washington and DeBoer before Nick Saban ever announced his retirement. And that's this, they've had such success the last two years with Michael Penix, a quarterback. Penix has been great, phenomenal. Penix loves DeBoer. That offense is fun to watch, a little wide open. They throw it a lot, you know, right? And, and they, they score a lot. They actually run the ball. Joe Moore, award-winning offensive line. Uh, but they've done it with Michael Penix, at quarterback. So you think to yourself, okay, well, Penix is about to cycle out. It'll be interesting to see what Michael Penix-like quarterback they sign to follow Penix. But who did they sign? Will, Will Rogers. Rogers someone that we are extremely familiar with in Tuscaloosa because it seems like we played him every year for 10 years. Uh, Will Rogers is the antithesis of Michael Penix. He's nothing like Penix. Uh, Will Rogers is a pocket passer. He's a a, a game manager. He's a good thrower. He's a good passer, but he does it uh, not Not off platform. He's not dynamic at all, but that's what he picked. That's what he handpicked. So I'm really curious about who is the ideal quarterback for the DeBoer-Ryan Grubb offense? Uh, is it the dynamic Jalen Milrow? You would think that that's going to interest any offensive-minded coach. But anyway, I, that's just one of the things that had already occurred to me before I ever knew Al- he would ever coach at Alabama one day. I remember being struck by, wow, they're going from Penix to Will Rogers? That's a choice. I mean, it, and, and, and not, not – been- there had been some background because he had been at Indiana with Penix. So there was familiarity there. Uh, But the point stands. Uh, And I think also when you talk about aligning with the previous tenure, the previous staff, Washington, when I watch them, very pro in how they go about Mm -hmm. their stuff. And that's really what Alabama is. It's, it's very pro and how they go about it. Now, 
you know, there's been some things that have been added, certainly, to the offense. So much gun, um, you know, RPO has changed everything. Uh, but it will be. And, and I think if you're an offensive guy right now at Alabama, you got to be pretty damn happy about this hire, don't you? Uh, oh, yeah. I understand, again, Isaiah Bond checking out the portal. But other than that, this is this has got to be a home run for those guys. And, uh, hey, maybe Bond's already uh, made up his mind, and maybe it's a Texas thing. I don't know. But what I would tell Bond is, uh, hey, before you enroll somewhere or sign on some dotted line, you might want to check out Roma Dunza's numbers. You might want to look at a Dunza, who's, by the way, about to be a a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. So you can get, uh, you know, way up in the NFL draft playing in a a Kalen DeBoer offense, uh, to say nothing of the offensive line winning the Joe Moore Award, um, there, there, there's going to be a lot to like about the the offensive side here on this hire, and uh, and then we'll see what happens on the defensive side. My, my guess is, uh, and this is a guess, nothing we can report really, but my guess, I, I'm thinking Kalen DeBoer is going to be urged to take a long look at Traveris Robinson uh, and keeping him on the defensive side. Doesn't mean he will. Doesn't mean he's not going to bring his own guy, but I, I, I would think he would be urged to give uh, T-Rob a, a fair shot for that for that position. We got Andrew Bone with us now, senior recruiting editor for BamaOnline.com, checking in. Good-looking phone there, by the way, Andrew. I'm sure it's gotten plenty of usage here, it looks like. Uh, just sort of uh, attached to you at this point, right? Always. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's been blowing up a lot. I mean – especially when you start hearing from people that you hadn't heard from in, in 10 years. How's your week going? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Great. I've been uh, getting some of that from relatives. Yeah. 10 yeah. years from relatives I haven't heard from. I, I had two people from college that I hadn't talked to in 20 years that reached out to me, uh, checking it, in. Hey, just, who's the, just, uh, who's the yeah. I was just like, thinking of you, Andrew. Yeah. I know, you know, who's the next head coach. And this is two days ago. Um, as soon as, uh, Saban announced his retirement, but, uh, but man, um, you know, it's, it happened quickly. Um, you know, as we kind of su- suspected and you know, what a, uh, what a hire. I mean, you know, people asked me earlier today, they said, how did you never, how did you not expect this to be one of the guys? Well, you know, no connections to the to the SEC, really. Um, you know, he's from Sioux Falls. He's coached at Fresno, coached at Washington. Uh, obviously, one big, and I know y'all have talked about this a lot, but um, it wasn't so. You know, it certainly wasn't a guy that I, I thought that was going to be the coach. But once you start looking into it a little bit more, you're like, man, what an absolute uh, home run hire for for Nick. You know. For Nick Saban's replacement, I mean, you got a guy who can win big games. I mean, he was in the national championship with Washington. Um, no offense to Washington, but they don't have the depth, the talent uh, that that Alabama has, uh, that the Alabama roster has, or the uh, talent that they can attract. I mean, you look at his recruiting class this year, and a lot of people said, Oh, well, it's the number 30 recruiting class in the country. Well, they only brought in 16 players. I mean, you're not going to have a, a highly ranked class with, with, with 16 recruits. He spent a lot of time recruiting in the transfer portal. And what I sort of took from that is he's not going after, you know, players just to add numbers to his roster. He's he's wanting to go after, you know, 
really good players. He's wanting to go after players that can make a difference uh, in your program and, you know, fits what you like to do. He's not gonna, just going to go into, uh, you know, uh, into the Seattle area. Hey, buddy. Hey, I'm on a live show. You want to come see everybody? Yo, yo. Yeah. Hey. First press conference. <laughs> Hey, how are you doing, buddy? That is awesome. Yeah. Um, but you know, when you think about it, when you think about it too, I mean, there's so much more to roster building these days. And and I talked about this with Tim earlier. It was a, one of the first things we touched on, Andrew. All that being said, recruiting is still the foundation. It still is. But when you read up, and one of the things I did once it became pretty much imminent that this was going to be DeBoer, I started getting into staff, not just staff, but now support staff. Think about people who are off the field. And one of the things I saw, Jared McElwain, son of Jim McElwain, is DeBoer's director of scouting at the University of Washington. So there's maybe a little bit of a tie. Jared I met that was kid. A, I met that kid when yeah. he was I met that kid when he was 12. Yeah, when he was hope at you're, Alabama. Hope remembers me. <laughs> and then hope he remembers me. Hey, remember me? <laughs> and Greg Byrne. Greg Byrne has ties to the West Coast. I mean, he has roots right. uh out to that area. Um, so that maybe could give us a little bit of an indication there and DeBoer's general manager. And again, how these things are going to play out, is going to be interesting, not just on the field, but in terms of support staff, uh, Courtney Morgan is general manager. Do some reading up on this guy, the LA times, the athletic, they've all done blowout pieces on what Courtney Morgan's been able to do to help not just Washington build a roster, but he was at Michigan a couple of years ago, before two, and so when the two teams played, there were just several ties to the GM, Courtney Morgan. So um, just the different avenues, Andrew, that you think, do you anticipate maybe Alabama being more of a player in a variety of ways? Maybe still cherry picking the portal, but perhaps more. And certainly NIL may be becoming a part of that. I think from a uh, from an offensive perspective you're going to have a lot of guys really excited because uh, uh, they know what he was able to do out at Washington and it's going to attract talent now obviously a lot of people are probably also going to want to watch the team this upcoming year but I think as long as you have uh, you know a great coaching staff in place great assistance obviously I would be very surprised if uh, he doesn't bring some guys from his from his coaching staff to Tuscaloosa with him. Uh, you know, it's not going to be the same coaching staff that we're used to. Um, I do expect that there will be some staff members that will be retained uh, in Tuscaloosa. Who will that be? You know, we have to kind of wait and see. You know, will they potentially be, you know, some other guys around the Southeast that are currently coaching, you know, potentially at other SEC schools that are big names that uh, Alabama is going to bring in, knowing that they were going to go after a guy that didn't have many connections to the Southeast, bring in a guy, bring in somebody as a defense coordinator that, you know, potentially does. I mean, there, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of moving pieces over the course of the next, um, you know, few days, you know, few weeks. But I think, um, you know, you got somebody who has a lot of strong, who has several strong connections on the West coast. You lost your area recruiter for the West coast, Holman Wiggins, Texas A&M, um, who had been recruiting that area for the last four years four or five years, you get a staff in that knows the West Coast, that knows the landscape. Now, were they bringing in, you know, every five-star recruit? No. But, I mean, Washington, it, it's a hard, hard place to, uh, to, to bring in, uh, you know, a lot of five-stars. You know, we saw that with Sark when he was there. Sark, Sark never really had a great recruiting class at, at Washington. Um, 
So I, I think it's still too a little too early to judge him as a recruiter. He's a 49-year-old guy, uh, you know, a great offensive mind. I think he's going to relate well uh, to kids. I and mean, obviously players on the team love him. Uh, Michael Penix followed him from Indiana to uh, to Washington, became a Heisman Trophy, you know, one of the Heisman Trophy front runners throughout the season. Um, based on some reaction that we have seen from current Alabama players, there's some excitement. They're ready to go to work. Um, obviously, they need to meet him. Uh, they're eager to meet him. They're eager to meet the staff. Um, there's going to be some recruiting uh, that's going to have to happen uh, on your team, uh, you know, on your current commit list as far as 2025 players. Um, you know, Can you potentially bring Ryan Williams back on campus uh, for a visit? I mean, you know, that's going to be probably one of his first phone calls. They don't have a relationship. I mean, it's, you know, obviously it'd be a little bit different if Steve Sarkeesian would have been the, uh, been named the head coach um, because of the relationship there. But you know, this is a guy that um, you know, has a great recruit. You got to re-recruit guys like Isaiah Bond too. I mean, it's double the yeah. workload now with, with the portal, and, right? I mean, and the, the problem, you know, of course, the problem of with Bond right now is it looks like he's uh, visiting Texas this weekend, and there's already predictions rolling in for Texas. So uh, you're kind of hoping, uh, you know, from an Alabama perspective that maybe he'll give this new staff a chance, that he'll sit down with them, talk to them, and say, hey, you know, let's go to work. Um, but, and, you know, obviously there's a lot more to it. Um especially from an NIL perspective, you know, Texas, they love to throw big numbers out there and, uh, you know, they're, they're certainly going to do whatever it takes to try to try to get bond after losing, um, you know, two of their top, their top two receivers on their team this year. Yeah. Jimmy, there's dynamics in play here, right? When you start looking ahead to building a staff because Tommy Reese still around, but then you got Ryan Grubb out there with uh, Kalen DeBoer a guy that a year ago Nick Saban apparently coveted before the hire uh, of Tommy Reese. Um, you got Jamarcus Shepard, too, wide receivers coach. You want to talk about a guy that you'd like to get in front of Ryan Williams very quickly and be able to pull out the laptop and say, let me show you our receivers in 2023 that we had at Washington, and this is kind of what we envisioned for you. And then both defensively and from a recruiting perspective, Jimmy, Traveris Robinson, you know, how does all this, what's the ideal uh, sort of layout, do you think? Are, are you good with either Reese or Grubb? Uh, is Traveris just sort of, in your opinion, a uh, critical, yeah. critical piece in all this? Yeah, nothing against uh, Tommy Reese at all. But uh, if Ryan Grubb coming with, uh, coming with DeBoer is something that's likely to happen, I, I think on the surface you'd like the idea of there still being some continuity between head coach and OC, particularly with DeBoer being an offensive guy himself, seems to have a rapport with Ryan Grubb that seems to work really well. So, you know, in terms of like my personal preference, if uh, if they call and ask me, uh, I, I would uh, I would like the continuation of of the DeBoer and Grubb relationship, and and yeah. and then you uh, you know again they the, the wide receiver coach Shepard and the offensive line coach. You're talking about guys with national reputations coming off a of Joe Moore Award, coming off what may have been the best wide receiver core in college football. Um, so I, I'm just saying this in the most general of terms, but it just seems to me a good marriage here might be uh, DeBoer and his Washington offensive staff uh, while inheriting a lot of Nick Saban's defensive staff. 
uh, that that looks to me on the surface like, wow, that could be an all-star combination of sorts, not to say anything negative about Washington's defensive coaches. I'm just not as uh, educated on them as I, as I need to be or, or will be shortly. But I, I just think the Alabama defensive staff, along with the Washington offensive staff, that sounds like an interesting mix to me. Yeah, hard not to to be excited about that possibility. And I, and I, think, I think from a, you know, from a defensive perspective, you also have a lot of guys, not a lot, but you have some guys on your roster, on your staff that, you know, they have Alabama connections. Uh, they have deep connections in the Southeast. T-Rob, defensive backs. Freddie. Freddie Rowe, defensive line coach. I mean, those guys have been absolute animals on the recruiting trail for Alabama. I mean, T-Rob, especially with that defensive backfield. Uh, Freddie doesn't get enough credit, in my opinion. Um, you know, he, he's, I think he ended up with 11 guys in last year's class. Um, I mean, he is a uh, definitely a stalwart on the uh, on the recruiting side of things for Alabama. But uh, T. Rob definitely, um, you know, he's going to have offers. You know, there's going to be schools that are going to be coming after him, trying to get him uh, on board. And uh, you know, who knows what's really going to happen uh, with him to this point? But I think you've got to come in. You've got to have some blood that flows in the southeast. You've got to have people that know what they're doing. They know the landscape. They know these schools. They know the players. They know what it takes to uh, secure them. They know what it takes to get these kids on campus for visits and then close the deal with them uh, down the home stretch. So it's a whole new ball game for some of these, uh, some of the coaches. But you know, when you're winning games and you're winning at a very high level, um, that certainly erases a lot of doubt. And you know, as we've uh, as we're probably going to see here pretty soon, I'm sure Yay Alabama is going to be starting a pretty pretty strong campaign to get uh, get all the Alabama fans on board and support the program as much as they can. Yeah, I, I think Alabama's absolutely nil ready. You know, there is a there is a, a, a an arm that is in place. Um, you're probably going to have to grease that thing, and I think maybe more so than ever, Alabama supporters are going to be ready to come with the money. Because you don't have that security blanket of just saying, well, Nick will just coach it. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, we, we, we can do this just with, with Nick Saban and, and, and who he is. Um, and let's talk about Nick Saban, guys. The dynamic of Nick Saban around the program, because we've heard that from him, that he will still have a presence and been pretty adamant about that, perhaps even to the extent of an office. So um, how do you guys envision that playing out? with uh Kalen DeBoer and um you know Nick just doesn't strike me as a guy that's gonna want to show up and just kind of assert himself but maybe kind of like how other sports have utilized Nick Saban Jimmy in the past bring by key recruits and then or maybe a lot of recruits who knows I guess I think there's gonna have to be found a balance between what I would call Nick Saban's presence and his shadow you know, I, yeah. I think Nick Saban's presence will be extremely helpful uh, on the recruiting weekends, uh, in particular when you when you have a lot of prospects on campus. Uh, I, I think when you you know have a crisis of sorts, maybe. I mean, uh, Saban's presence may mean a lot, but I, I honestly also think his shadow would be harmful. Uh, you know, Kalen DeBoer has to be his own person. He has to uh, coach in his style. He can't copy someone else's style and be successful. He's got to be his own dude, do it his own way. 
and he can't feel constantly second-guessed by the greatest that's ever done it. You don't want Kalen DeBoer to feel like he's being constantly second-guessed or even criticized uh, by the by the former coach. So I think it might not be something that's, that's uh, comfortable at first, but they're going to have to find some sort of balance between the importance of Nick Saban's presence, which I am certain that Kalen DeBoer would welcome. But his you know, shadow, the shadow would be bad. Andrew, it's just something we don't see all that often. I guess most recently – Steve Spurrier's had that kind of presence. He's been back in Gainesville. He has even had his own office in the facility at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, somewhere down there on campus. How do you see this sort of playing out? Well, I, you know, uh, <laughs> Steve Spurrier was also golfing a lot during the uh, during his last few years, going out on the you know it was a week of he did, he, and he never really before. was crazy about recruiting, even when yeah. he had it going. You know, I've got a story that's going to come out um, in a couple of days on Bama Online about Coach Saban and the last 17 years and you know, the recruits, you know, the stories. I mean, just there was it was the greatest recruiting dynasty that you're ever going to see. And him being around the program, still being able to share his knowledge with um Coach DeBoer, I think that's going to be huge. Obviously, he doesn't want to you – know, he, he's passing the torch to him. He's not going to he, – he doesn't want to be the guy that's, you know, overlooking everything, but he's going to be there to help him along the way a little bit. He's going to take he, – he's going to be able to provide advice. He's going to be able to show him, this is how I did things. This is what was successful, uh, you know, on the recruiting trail for us over these last several years. Obviously – Things are going to be a little bit more challenging uh, because last 17 years, everybody wanted to play for Nick Saban um, uh, in Alabama. And, and obviously you've got a new coach in that a lot of people don't know. Uh, they want to get to know him. And um, you know, I think he's going to certainly, uh, you know, try to try to hit the ground running pretty fast. And I think that's probably, you know, obviously that's another reason why this hire was made rather quickly because you have junior days coming up. You've got, Obviously, the transfer portal window that's that's open right now. You got to try to recruit those guys to stay on board, and um, you know you've got a 2025 class that um, a lot of people are already ahead of you right now in recruiting. So now you got to you know you got to jump in fast and get on those guys and uh, and see what happens. But I'm excited about this hire. I think a lot of people are, you know, based on all the reaction that we've seen on social media today uh, on our board. I think people are really excited about it. What's the craziness of the Dan Lannings and the Steve Sarkeesian that kind of passed. Once people started looking into it a little bit more and saying, this is going to be the guy, people started getting really excited. Of course, there's a couple bozos who, you know, make stupid comments, but uh, they're very, very few. And, um, you know, I, I think that old Timmy there is uh, going to be yeah, excited Tim. about this new hire as well. Hey, yeah, uh, I think Tim, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think it's natural for the ones that have questions. I don't have a problem with that, but I mean, I absolutely think you're an idiot to come in and compare him to Brian Harson. Um, you know, I, I said this earlier, that's like saying, you know, it, it, you know, LeBron James with the Lakers, if he goes to the Hawks, he's never played in the South. He's not going to know how to play basketball. I mean, other coaches have came from the non-South and did well. Urban Meyer, one of the biggest impact coaches in the history of the SEC, Nick Saban. 
is another one that has came in and did exactly that same thing. Um, I get Brian Harzen, but you know, Brian Harzen. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Brian, Brian Harzen. Doors now. Brian okay. Harzen has a great reputation as a, uh, as a college football coach. It was the recruiting and the making relationships that he struggled with. Now I will say that what did Greg Burns say in his announcement? What are the main things he's going to have to be able to do? Build relationships and recruit, right? So I don't think they go out and get a guy who can't recruit and can't build relationships, which was probably not going to Arson. He just struggled in those areas. So, um, so yeah, I think that they've got, you know, I think that would be the focal point from it. But I get the questions. You don't know who the assistants are. But I think you look at this as a semester in school. We got our six-week report card. We got an A. And then we're going to see in the next six weeks what the staff brings because this could be a A++ or it could be a B-. minus. I think we're just figuring out who the offensive coordinator is, defensive coordinator is, and all that good stuff. Yeah, I asked uh, Andrew and Jimmy about this while you were away there briefly, Tim. Not so much specific names because we know there's still a lot to play out there. But in terms of new and old and a breakdown of that, ultimately, when we get an idea of this first full staff, how does that look to you? What does the mix, in your opinion, need to be? I think the first thing you do is you bring the guys you're most comfortable with running your offense, running your defense. Now, he's an offensive guy, so I certainly think that will factor in. I mean, his offensive coordinator, Alabama's interviewed him before. They were interested with that. Um, You get those two guys in place, and then you start looking – who can recruit? I don't think he's thinking he's going to bring a bunch of guys who've never been in the South with no connections. Um, also, I don't think you can sleep on how important it was that Nick Saban's around the corner and available in a phone call to go, not not tell him what to do, but to advise and say, you know, how did you build your staff at LSU? Because if I recall correctly, he left everybody at Michigan State, basically, right? And then Nick Saban he goes left to some, and then others decided to stay. But yeah, essentially, he yeah. Had a brand so he new shows staff up at LSU. LSU, and he put together a staff that you know they do that. They pop up the photo during games, and ninety percent of those heads are circled. You know, they they moved on to head coaching jobs. So I think that you know that's kind of what you do. You want the guys that you trust coaching, and then you go digging the guys that know how to recruit. And I also think you're sleeping on the fact that Alabama has a pretty good reputation. I mean, again, Caleb Downs, straight to the point, I'm here for it. You know, I mean, is there a bigger mouth right now on defense that you wanted to know that he's down for it? He's ready to, you know, FW it. You know what I mean? So, I mean, Caleb's ready <laughs> Caleb's ready to rock and roll. So you got to think if he likes it, you know, some of the other kids are going to like it. Yeah, this isn't a, well, we hope it works out higher. I don't think, because we've seen this guy do it at the Power 5 level at the highest level, yeah. right? This isn't Fran coming from TCU at the time or, you know, even Mike Norvell going from Memphis to Florida State. And it that's worked out. It's worked out fine. I think you've got more substance to work with off this hire uh, with Kayla uh, DeBoer than, than you – maybe you're getting the sense some people think you do. I, I think there's more there, uh, more hat uh and more cattle too so hey guys uh anything else we want to throw in here tim before we we jump off because we got a lot going on at bamaonline.com as we know no i just think it's important to like educate yourself on what you're getting before making an opinion um again you look at this guy's resume i mean hottest names and coaches who are the best coaches who are the biggest naming coaching right now you're looking at kirby smart right 
Yeah. Steve Sarkeesian, maybe the top two in the game. Dan Lanning right below that. Well, he's beat Steve Sarkeesian in back-to-back years with really good Texas. I would say Texas probably had more talent in both of those games. He beat them in San Antonio, too. I mean, the one bowl game was in San Antonio. Right, and I don't say that as a shot at Texas. I say it as a compliment to having beat the, those teams that were really yeah. good. Um, and also, he, you know, he's did well against Dan Lanning. So this isn't like, hey, he hasn't played anybody. No, he's played the best. And again, the last two or three years, was that the best run in Pac-12 Pac history? I mean, that was some of the most talented teams we saw, and this guy was the dominating factor in it. You know, yeah. three losses in two years and – you know, I think he knows how to coach football, and I think our next question is: Let's figure out exactly. Let's figure out exactly who staff's going to be, and then react as it comes along. Yeah, you know, same league, Jimmy, a little bit, but I detect some maybe Kyle Willingham in DeBoer too. In terms of, you know, I always looked at Kyle Willingham at Utah and thought, I don't know if he would do well at Alabama, but I felt comfortable that in terms of the stuff that we always talk about being built for the Alabama job, I always thought Kyle Willingham could probably deal with what comes with it. I get some of that from, from uh, DeBoer too. Yeah, you have to be, Alabama's a unique job. It really is. It's not just a prestigious job or a blue blood job. It's all of those things, but it's a unique job. Uh, and in part because the head coach is also uh, serves as several hats, including the governor of the state, you're the most well-known person in the state of Alabama. You're the most top person in the state. Uh, I think it, you know, he's, he's been coaching in a big city uh, in Seattle where maybe not everybody in this huge city is a gigantic UW Husky fan. Uh, and him and his wife on Friday nights could just pick the restaurant they wanted to go eat. Uh, their lives are going to change uh, coming to Tuscaloosa significantly. He's about to become a rock star. I don't know that he's ever had that. Uh, before there's just a lot to handle about being the head coach at Alabama. It takes the right personality. And from what little I know, and it's little, we, we've really gotten to know this guy this week, to be honest. Um, I think from what little I know about him, I think he does have the right personality for it because he's extremely serious minded. And, and I think that plays well in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. And look, We've all kind of thought it. I've said it before. You know, you don't really know what you got in a head coach at Alabama until he loses a game. It's all great when you're winning. After that first loss, that's when it gets real at Alabama. So, uh, hopefully for uh, Kalen DeBoer, that, that doesn't happen for some time. But, again, that schedule, that schedule in 2024 is going to put him to the test pretty quickly with the, uh, with the Georgia Bulldogs coming to town among others there in September. Tim, uh, again, anything else you guys want to throw in before we get out of here? I just like – I think you still have to appreciate the fact this guy took the job. We heard yeah. for how long nobody wanted it, right? Nobody wanted Well, the guy that played in the national championship game, the runner-up, took the job, had a hefty offer from Washington. You know what I mean? So it's not like Alabama's down – You know, no offense to McNeese State. I'm sure I'll get two grads DMing me. But this wasn't a guy that came from nowhere. And, again, I can't get over the similarities to the resume with Nate Oates, a small school assistant, high school coach, Buffalo. Um, I love the Bama fans, and I love my friends. Not really, but I like them. And let me tell you, when Nate Oates was hired, all you guys did not support that hire. You thought it was a way what down What are you talking line. about, Tim? 
We all had it. I can't can't find any now, but I mean, I got to pull that Blackberry out. You know, that old school phones, find that thing and pull that up. So what I think you look at is I think uh, Greg Byrne has a type. And the biggest thing to me I can't get over is this guy. He put his back against the wall and delivered. Yeah. Again, it wasn't us who said 72. You got to get this done in 70. That sounds like a message board threat. This better be over in 72 hours or else. Greg Byrne threatened himself and then delivered with, uh, was it, 26 hours to go. Yeah, got us. he got us in before 5 o'clock on a Friday, right, Andrew? That's all you can ask for. Different kind of Friday. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. We got some Friday. Uh, it's usually, you know. Friday that Friday afternoon news dump, you know, uh, but pretty good. So uh, as far as on the recruiting front, you know, we've got a lot of recruit reaction on um, on Bama Online right now. Uh, we've even got a top quarterback who's already said that he's going to be uh, visiting on the uh, on the twentieth online uh, on Bama Online. Uh, somebody asked earlier about Ryan Williams. How's that going to affect Ryan Williams? You know, Ryan's out at Texas A and M this weekend. Uh, Supposed to visit Texas. He's got to visit the Auburn. I'm sure that's going to be one of the first calls. Somebody posted on our board all of it. Um, this changes everything. It doesn't necessarily change. He doesn't have a relationship with his coaching staff yet, but I imagine they're going to call him right away and see if they can, you know, at least entice him to come in for a uh, for a visit. Because you look at what that Washington offense was able to do. Uh, two wide receivers over a thousand yards this this past season. You know, you know they're going to get the football to those playmakers. Isaiah Bond into the transfer portal, potentially. You know, going to end up somewhere else, maybe Texas. Um, that opens up another spot on that, in that wide receiver room for uh, for Alabama to ha- potentially have somebody step up and and be a big time playmaker for them next season. So, I'm sure they'll be trying to uh, persuade him back to Tuscaloosa at least for a visit in the next couple weeks. Yeah, there's going to be some ups and downs in the days to come, but we're going to have all the coverage for you right there with us at BamaOnline.com, the roundtable, our premium message board, absolutely where you want to post up with us right now at BOL. And again, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, we hope you'll go ahead and do that right now. Hit that subscribe button, turn on those notifications. You'll get all our video content as it drops right here on the YouTube home for BOL. Hey, guys, thanks for taking the time. Appreciate it. We'll see you guys soon. For Yo, Jimmy Stein, BamaOnline.com. For Jimmy Stein, Tim Watts, and Andrew Bone, Travis Ryder, thanking you for joining us right here on the YouTube home for BOL. Until next time, so long, everybody. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.